You're listening to the Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. And the beautiful part about that is that it takes the the teacher or the preacher off of the pedestal and emphasizes the role of the Holy Spirit, which you talked about, Jose, who empowers us. And there is no distinction between one another, but we are empowered by the same Holy Spirit. Welcome to the Conversations Podcast, continuing our Incorruptible Love series, going through the book of Ephesians. My name is Taylor, and I'm joined by two special guests. First, we have Crosstalk Pastor J.D. Wilhelm with us. J.D., thanks for being here. Oh, so glad to be here. Great to have you. And Lead Pastor Jose Good morning, Amarola. Taylor. Good morning, J.D. Morning. Good morning, y'all. Jose, we'd love to give you the first word as we continue diving in, this time in Ephesians 2, starting in verse 11, talking about incorruptible peace. Yes, incorruptible peace. Four times uh, Paul in this short uh, passage talks about peace. And so uh, what stuck out to me is is obvious with my illustration with the tent is the um, point of this barrier, this wall of hostility, what yeah. separates people from, um, what, what would separate people from God and then what separates us from one another. And so I enjoyed doing a little bit of research and learning more about the temple mm. and uh, coming up with those diagrams. Here's a fun thing. I looked at many different pictures on Online, and I searched for a long time for a good diagram, a simple diagram of the temple, and I found it in a book. So books still need to be read, <laughs> and there's some really, really good stuff uh, that we can still find in books. So that's just you know, important information here. (laughs) (laughs) No, seriously, that was a great message. And you talked a lot about just how, even when it comes to peace, not just within ourselves, but even with each other and how we don't achieve world peace or even peace with others through handshakes or diplomacy or anything like that. But it truly is through the blood of Jesus. And so that's something even the week before when uh, Sean spoke on just our story and the, the gospel itself and how it can be so simple. And yet I love in this passage, really breaking down kind of the, the consequences of what Jesus did in a good way as far as just what he did for us on the cross. And so, Jose, you started by talking about the law and just the idea of how there had to be atonement for that. And so I'd love for you just to maybe unpack that a little bit further as far as why why is it important for us to even look back at the Old Testament and just connect those as far as when we're talking about just modern day yeah. uh, and just how that relates to, to relationship with each other? Yeah, I thought about the um, statement that I've heard a lot and I, in fact, believed, which is uh, Christianity is too exclusive. You know, mm-hmm. how would a good God send good people to hell if they didn't believe in Jesus? And so that makes, you know, uh, the exclusivity Jesus. It's mm-hmm. it's one way. It's He is the, 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 the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Those are Jesus's words. And so in order to really see how inclusive it is, we have to look at the story of the Bible, which mm-hmm. from the beginning says there was this temple called the Garden of Eden. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we dwelled with God. There was peace with God and man, and, and there was peace between God and woman. And it wasn't until sin entered that we were expelled from the presence of God, the garden. And then, um, you know, the, the, the blaming game between Adam and Eve. So we saw hostility and discord enter in right then and there. So, uh, 
once we see that it's not that God is exclusive, it's that we've excluded ourselves from the very presence of God. And God's been on a mission to undo those barriers and, and bring us into relationship with him and then bring about peace. So the law is the longest barrier and the most evident barrier in the Bible, not only in, in, in word, uh, by word count, many words in Exodus and Leviticus, uh, Deuteronomy also that, that talk about these laws that um, need to be followed in order for the people of Israel to have blessing from God. Um, but then also the amount of times in, in the New Testament that the law is um, you know, talked about, mm-hmm. that Jesus came to uh, fulfill that law so that we wouldn't have to be under the curse of the law. What's the curse? that we can't follow it, mm-hmm. <laughs> we fall short. Yeah, yeah. I have another little story here, and then JD, uh, I'd love to, to hear from you on this, but I did some research on the temple, and I saw that they have recently discovered that there is a new temple, or it's not a new temple, there was another temple in Jerusalem around the same time as Herod's temple was rebuilt. So some uh, academics, these are not Christians, they were saying this actually uh, confronts biblical truth. Like it, it it seems like there is some discrepancy here because uh, the Bible says that there was only one temple. Now, if you actually read the Bible, you would see that time and time again in Second Kings, et cetera, multiple kings, Jewish kings created uh, uh, temples for other idols. Mm-hmm. They worshiped yeah. other gods. So the story of the Bible is one of disobedience. It actually makes perfect sense that there was another temple mm-hmm. in the time of Herod's temple um, because Jews and all humans, we have this sinful nature in us that disobey God and therefore these barriers are built up. And you know that's what Jesus came to tear down. Yeah, I, as you were talking yesterday, I was just thinking of another one of Paul's writings, and I think of Galatians chapter three. And specifically for me, I had to write a seminary paper on this. So if anybody wants a 10 page paper on Galatians <laughs> yes. three, I got it for you. <laughs> JD, uh, start of my dissertation. Uh, but I was just thinking verses Galatians 3 27 to 29, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. And so the righteousness of God demands perfect righteousness from us, which we can never live up to. But it's amazing that God's righteousness is portrayed through Jesus. Mm -hmm. And through Jesus, we now, there's no separation between Jew nor Gentile. And that is the amazing grace of God to me when I think about this. Yeah, that's that's so good. And I wanna just even, uh, just kind of expound a little bit on this concept that Jose, you touched on, both of y'all touched on, but as far as with the temple and just the different uh, different walls or different barriers and kind of the access points to get to the presence of God. And I think about, at least for me, it's, it's always kind of one of those where I'm like, oh yeah, wait. Cause like, we're so used to hearing God is with us, God is here around us. And so to this, the, the idea or the concept that we have to work to just even get in his presence seems um, maybe kind of foreign or just something that was super old. But again, it's so important, Jose, you mentioned something that just ties in everything here. We have to recognize that God is holy. And so I'd love to just kind of, you know, expound on that a little bit, just the significance of acknowledging that God is holy. And then 
even just like, what does that mean? And what does that mean for our lives now when it comes to just our day-to-day living in light of his holiness? I think about Moses, this uh, passage I read from Exodus 33, um, right before then, literally Moses is meeting with God in a tent. So he is in the presence of, of God. But then at the end of Exodus, Moses is no longer allowed to be in the tent. Uh, and then you move on uh, and Moses is not allowed to enter into the promised land because of his own disobedience. So mm-hmm. the closest human being uh, to Jesus in the Bible is Moses. Yeah. David would probably be up there as well, but Moses is the type of Christ that mm-hmm. that is closest to uh, the Messiah. And um, he wasn't even able to be in the presence of God. And so, uh, yeah, God is holy and we are not, but he makes us holy. And so because he's broken down the barrier, his Holy Spirit now lives in us. And scripture is clear that the Holy Spirit teaches us and reminds us of all the things that God has taught us to live. Because here's what's really mind boggling to me. The law was fulfilled and we are no longer under the law, but the law is still perfect. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, There wasn't anything wrong with the law. The law just dictated what was wrong with us. <laughs> and so the the the, the bridge is Jesus and the Holy Spirit of God that now draws us into the presence of a holy God and says, hey, remember that I am for you. Remember that I want the best for you. So trust me and live the way that, I, that, I, uh, that, that I'm asking you to live, which I didn't really get to talking to yesterday. The, the message yesterday was really about Jesus being a wall breaker and a barrier breaker. Mm-hmm. And for us not to uh, build these very barriers that Jesus came mm-hmm. to, to mm-hmm. destroy. But you're right. I mean, God's holiness is awesome and mm-hmm. important to keep in mind when we talk about you know the crucifixion and the resurrection mm-hmm. of Jesus. I think there's sometimes this temptation when you see somebody up on stage talking about holiness or righteousness and the perfectness of God to then put them on a pedestal of, well, they they preach and they teach and they have all of this knowledge. And so we tend to create these levels in our own brain. And so when I think about this, I actually think back to the radical reformers in the 1500s who emphasized the priesthood of all believers. And what they really went back to and what how they defined the church was Jesus's own words. He said, wherever two or more are gathered in my name, there I am also. Mm-hmm. And the beautiful part about that is that it takes the the teacher or the preacher off of the pedestal and emphasizes the role of the Holy Spirit, which you talked about, Jose, who empowers us. And there is no distinction between one another, but we are empowered by the same Holy Spirit, which by the blood of Jesus, gives us unmediated access to the Father, that we are seen as holy and righteous in his eyes, and therefore that destroys all of the barriers that we want to create between people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Put. yeah, that's so good. I think about even just something, Jose, you mentioned yesterday in the message, just about uh, as we unpack more of the holiness of God and just recognizing that, if, at least for me, as I'm reminded and learn more about just even the separation that's required, it really shows the significance of how far the lengths that God went to be with us. Right. Because right now we focus, oh yeah, God's with us. He wants to be with us. But just thinking about 
how right. far he came for that, I think is significant, at least in my own life, to be reminded of that. And uh, again, something you just mentioned, Jose, just kind of as you close, you talked about um, just God didn't remove the walls or barriers in order us to put up our own against each other mm-hmm. or even just with God. And so um, what are maybe some examples of, of walls that either y'all both have kind of caught in your own lives that you've mm-hmm. put up or or maybe just in general, again, it's, it's a simple concept that's like, yeah, okay, I don't want to put up walls. I want to be inclusive. And yet, if you're like me, there's times where I still put those up or still want to put those up at times. So what are some maybe of the deeper things that can cause you or others to maybe kind of put up those walls? Glad you're getting practical here, Taylor, because it is important for me to remember, you know, you mentioned being on a stage. That in itself is a barrier. It's a man-made mm-hmm. barrier. We are yeah. all equal, yeah. but that's a position that uh, is needed. God mm-hmm. orchestrated, you know, this this design for his church to function. And one of which is, hey, someone needs to teach the word. Mm-hmm. And the scripture is clear that more is, um, more is uh, asked of the teacher than a normal person. Why? Because they're gonna be held at a higher standard because mm-hmm. that's what re- is required to teach and, and to have credibility. And so for me, this sense of uh, holier than thou is something that I need to keep in check every single day um, because there is nothing that separates me from another person with, with Jesus. And so uh, recognizing that any sort of judgment, any uh, sort of idea that I have that comes to my mind or, or any any way that I look at another person, Jesus modeled leadership and, and pas- uh, pastoring in such a humbling way. He washed mm. people's feet. He came for the sick, not for those that, that think they have it all together. He came for the lost. And so that's that's the posture that we follow in uh, church leadership and, and really wherever we are in our walk, if we ever think that we are, you know, ahead of other people in the sense of holiness, then we're off. Um, we, we need to remember that there's no superiority here. We're all in this together and we're all figuring it out mm-hmm. uh, as we play our different roles. It's part of the mystery of being a part of his church. And, and, and you know, it's a mystery that the Holy Spirit chooses this design to um, bring about his truth and, and extend his kingdom here, here on earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you talk about the Holy Spirit, I think even there aren't levels to the gifting of the Spirit. And we have to recognize that each of us has giftings of the Holy Spirit, and those are all essential to the body. And so one is not more important than the other. The person with the gift of teaching is not more important than the person with the gift of hospitality. And so we need to recognize the giftings in other people and value those things, as opposed to putting on ourselves on a pedestal or somebody else on a pedestal and taking this holier-than-thou mindset start by recognizing the giftings that other people have that are that are really special and integral to the body functioning with unity as a whole for the gospel of Jesus Christ and our community. Mm-hmm. I remember something someone shared with me in college. Uh, this was a friend that I was um, friends with before I gave my life to Jesus and really started changing the way I lived. And and so he looked at me and and you could tell he wasn't in with Jesus. And so he goes, you know what happens when, when you get really holy, right? And I looked at him and I said, what? You know, cause I was just telling him about community group and crosstalk and, and being a part. And he goes, you know what? You know what happens when you get really holy, right? I said, what? He goes, you start to leak. Hmm. And that has profound meaning. Hmm. 
You know, if, if our mind, not, not truly holy, if we become more like Jesus, we're gonna become more humble. Yeah. And we're gonna, be, yeah. we're, 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 we're gonna be thinking of ourselves less and, and thinking of others more, and we're gonna be serving others instead of trying to lead others, you know? Uh, and so if in our mindset, we start thinking that we're somehow greater, more advanced, et cetera, as Christians, mm-hmm. we do start to leak and it mm-hmm. shows. Mm-hmm. Other people can see right through that. And so it's just a great reminder for those that have already received the invitation into the uh, presence of God, into the holiest of holies for us to do as Jesus did and, and serve others and think of others more than we think of ourselves. So um, I've never forgotten that. Hmm. Mm, that's good. That's, yeah, that is good. The The title of message, Incorruptible Peace, and just thinking about peace. We've talked about peace in different contexts and even just peace uh, through exile and just other series we've done in the past. But what's significant about seeing peace through the lens of this passage as far as like, I know we can't exactly get in Paul's head as he's writing this letter to, to the church in Ephesus, but, but what is significant about what we've talked about as far as uh, just walls and barriers and just even how we can have more peace internally as well as just with others? Yeah, good question. Um, I think back about uh, studying college, studied a lot of history, uh, a lot of political science, and how necessary war is. Even if you read your Bibles, there's a lot of battle. There's a lot of war that goes on. And and for a long time, um, that was more the norm than not. Mm -hmm. Uh, Times of peace were really rare. And ironically now in in Jesus's time, that's the during the Pax Romana stage. So there was a lot of peace in uh, Paul's era um, because Rome was a military, you know, a giant. Mm-hmm. No one wanted to attack them because they knew they'd lose. And so it was intimidation that brought about peace. And so I think about the aggression that Jesus uh, dealt with and the suffering that his body took and the significance of his sacrifice and, and how it was that concept, uh, that that hostility towards one man brings about peace for the world. So that is the wrath of God that that Jesus took uh, for, for us in our behalf. And that's why I think Paul talks about these barriers and then talks about them being destroyed. And then the end result is peace because it's through what Jesus went through for us that we have peace for us in God and for others. And it really is quite a, I mean, if you're a Christian, you really can't have true peace outside of Jesus. You know, it really doesn't exist. You can have it temporarily. I think about um, a lot of the Kings too, when the prophets prophesy and and say, hey, you're going to have peace in your life. You know, you're going to die peaceful, but then your your, your son's going to lose, you know, uh, your your son's going to lose to this other people group. You know, Mm -hmm. they're going to be taken uh, over, but you'll you'll have peace. So I think we can have peace temporarily, but the true order of this world is chaotic and the only way out, the only way towards peace is through the cross of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah, I think like peace is more than the absence of conflict. (laughs) And that only comes to us as the body of believers through the blood of Jesus. And that is the only way, I I think back to the Old Testament concept of shalom. Right. Well, the concept of shalom is not a lack of, a lack of conflict, but rather it is the abiding peace of God living in us, which as New Testament believers comes through the blood of Jesus Christ, which allows for perfect communion because it's based on not our ability to mediate between one another, but it's 
the fact that Jesus has mediated between the Father for us. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's good. And interceding for us. Yeah, that's good. Jose, you mentioned uh, at the end, kind of just summing up that you know, God didn't go through all this, didn't remove all these barriers to keep it with others. And really kind of the, the challenge was for us to extend the invite to others. And so uh, what, is, what does that look like? What is that like, who, like not necessarily who, but like how would you personally go about doing that as far as just in your day-to-day interactions or maybe for someone that, that uh, is, wants to do that, but just doesn't know where to start maybe. I think I would phrase it a little differently than I did yesterday if I would have had a do-over. <laughs> and I would say, you've been invited. Mm-hmm. And so receive the invite to the present of God, the most exclusive party, the most exclusive club, the the holiest of holies. You've been brought in to relationship with the almighty God, the creator that created you, aligns and establishes your steps. And I mean, has all, holds all things together in his force. Whoa, chew on that. And and hopefully that will give you a sense of uh, confidence and peace that everything's gonna be okay. Why? Because God's in control and his will will be done. And so once we recognize the importance and the significance of this invite, then I hope that we feel excited and also the urgency to extend the invite and say, hey, I've been brought in to relationship with the Almighty, and this is for everyone. And so it would be a natural overflow of what God is doing for us and through us rather than this, well, I have to, and you know, it's it's this church thing that I'm doing. And so I want you to be a part of that because that's the right thing for me to do. And it's also the right thing for you to do. And you know, you just should do it because if you don't, then you know, you'll go to hell or you'll you'll do this or that. I mean, even though those things may be true, it's the heart that communicates. And if it's personal, that's what's going to, mm-hmm. you know, bring about intrigue at least, come discover, come see, no strings attached. Mm -hmm. You know, no one's gonna make you do anything, but just come and see. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I'm I'm rambling, but I'm I'm thinking of the parable of the wedding feast when Jesus invites people to the wedding banquet. And, and, you know, people say, I'm too busy. Uh, People say, I'm, uh, I need to go. I need one person needs to go get married (laughs) so they can't go. And I think about like, man, or if you have a, wedding, you can have the wedding and then go, you know, go to another one. Um, but so that, that's, that's going to be the response of some. At the same time, let's not be those that withhold invite and create barriers. Let's be those that extend the invite. Yeah. As you were talking about that personal transformation, I was thinking back to Moses, who when, when Moses came face to face with God, he came out of God's presence and it physically it showed yeah that he had been with God. And I think that that is the aspect of personal transformation for us. Like, oh my gosh, we so understand what God has done for us. And we begin to understand the depth of that. And so when we then walk out, there is something different, Mm -hmm. markedly different about us as we go out into the world. And that, that is a testimony to the goodness of God in and of itself is the difference that it's made in our life. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, what can we say about God? I was blind, yeah. but now I see. Mm-hmm. And ultimately that, that change is so crucial because we often think of mission as secondary to the calling of God. And mission is an integral part of our own 
salvation. Mm -hmm. Like when we understand our own personal salvation, it's not like now I'm going to go be good enough and do enough to then engage in mission. It's like when we experience Jesus, the immediate result is mission. It is the focus on extending that invite Mm -hmm. to others. And that's just not something that's secondary when we look at people's personal transformation in, in the Bible. Yeah, I think both of y'all uh, hit it on the head and also Jose, your friend talking about leaking. Mm-hmm. I think that's just something that, again, I'd like that illustration and how really I, I, my life I've tried to share or extend when I haven't had that time with God. And you can just, I can just tell it's different. It's just mm-hmm. like, there is a, a difference between an overflow out of my relationship and what God is teaching me and doing in me and sharing that with others genuinely. And then those where I feel like, okay, I kind of have to force this. I kind of have to do mm-hmm. this. And so, yeah, just that spending that time with God uh, just by myself and just seeking to know him more. And then that, I feel like in my opinion, that's where it just goes, it just overflows and it just mm-hmm. comes more naturally based on the circumstances, the person you're talking to, the way in which you you have it. He he really leads uh, in all that. But Jose, mm-hmm. I'd love to give you the final word as we wrap up, not only this week, but look ahead to the next few chapters in Ephesians. Yeah, I would wrap today up by saying, um, I need peace, our world needs peace. And passages like this remind us that we can't have peace outside of Jesus, true peace. And so let's dig in. Let's continue to allow Paul to teach us through the Holy Spirit um, what he's asking us to do in order to draw closer to the Lord, but also and more so recognize all that God's done for us and allow that to be um, what compels us to live for him. All right. Hey, thanks everybody for listening to the Conversations podcast. If you have any questions that you want us to answer on the podcast, you can email us conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Thanks for being here again, everybody. It was awesome. That's it for this version of the podcast. We will see you guys next time. Bye.